swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. I'm your host today, TJ Branson. I'm flying solo. We got the weekend preview. We got the fantasy mailbag. If you guys want to check us out, we're on Twitter at FHF Hockey. We're in the Fantasy Hockey Discord and a couple of programming notes coming up. It just kind of snuck up on me. So we're almost done with the fantasy season. And, um, you know, as we do every year, we take the playoffs off. Raj might throw some stuff together. So I'm going to get a bunch of guests together for the Dynasty series. Then we're just going to hop into our off-season content. But I just wanted to give everybody a heads up. And I'll do it, you know, on most episodes going forward. But uh, after the fantasy season, after regular season, we kind of just dig deep and watch hockey. And so we we take those six weeks just to kind of recharge and and get some things together for the offseason. So I just wanted to give everybody a heads up. We also got these fantasy hockey playoff pools coming in. Raja gets things gets these things together for us in the offseason. And uh, there's a 12 teams point there's a 12 team points league. Three centers, three defensemen, two left wing, two right wing. Uh, you know, pretty standard scoring, goals are four, yada yada yada. You can see it on our Twitter, but then there's also um, a pick'em where there's no drafts, there's no buy-in. You know, you kind of just pick 20 players, build your playoff team, and then let it ride for the rest of the way. So you're trying to pick players that are going to make it the furthest, get that extra longevity. But the 12-team points league, that is something that you are, you're setting your lineup every week. You're you're making pickups. So, you know, go check out the Twitter, see what Raj has got in store for us. All right, let's get into the, the meat and potatoes of this actual episode here. So we're going to start off with the storylines and the injuries. For me, the storylines... Starts off with Dennis Malgan on the top line in Colorado. Erod, uh, Evan Rodriguez was one of our like, top picks for this week, but then he uh, entered concussion protocol, which is where Dennis Malgan hops in almost immediately. You can flip every single, uh, everything that we said about Evan Rodriguez, you can now apply to Dennis Malgan. He's on the top line with uh, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and uh, that would be the guy that uh, I'm going to talk about him later on in the show because Colorado does have this Friday, Sunday that, that we really like uh, for the off nights on this weekend. But Des Malgan is definitely the guy that we should be going for. I got Florida overtaking Pittsburgh for a wild card spot. They also have one extra game played at this point. So, you know, they can always get it back. But uh, it's actually turning into kind of a gunfight here at the end, which is nice. And a lot of these teams are pushing, which is good for our fantasy players. Uh, there's been so many complaints coming out of uh, coming from GMs who own Florida players just, you know, Ekblad this and Barkov that and, uh, you know, Sam Reinhardt that. So with them pushing, I like their chances to put up a little bit more offense as it comes. Toronto, Florida on Thursday when this episode drops is going to be an excellent game. Money Puck has Florida favored right now pretty heavy. There's another website called 538 that does a lot of good odds here, and they also favor Florida. I think this game is going to be huge. I'm not saying it's going to be the most fun game because that Carolina New York Rangers is out there. Pittsburgh Boston looks really fun. There's games that are going to be fun to watch tomorrow. I don't know. I thought Toronto would have been an easy favorite at this point, but then you look at it, Florida, you know, it's in Florida. The Panthers are the seventh best team at home. 
Toronto's 17, 12, and 4 on the road. That's just above 500. Toronto's 5, 4, and 1 in their last 10, and Florida's 7, 2, and 1 in their last 10. So I could see why, you know, the odds makers are favoring Florida here. But uh, but I wanted to ask the guys how comfortable they were starting Bobs in this game. Now, I think it, you know, it is a gunfight. Like I said, like this whole season, you know, coming to a, a head to a point here, and that wild card race is very tight. So I don't know, like, if I'm feeling good about Bobs here, because I think Toronto, Florida is going to be just run and gun. I think it's going to like, if there's a bet for over under, I'm probably betting the over. I don't see a lot of defense there <laughs> on either side. And the goaltending is a little bit suspect with uh, Ilya Samsonov is, is not even going to join the team on the rest of the road trip. So that's going to be, who knows who's going to be in net over there. Um, I think I'm good with Bob's. If all I'm looking for is a win, if I'm looking for rate stats, I'm probably I'm on edge a little bit, but uh, you know, depending on how far you are, in the desperation scale. Like if you really need to start, you're probably starting Bob's. If, uh, if you're pretty comfortable, I think there was a guy uh, on Twitter who sent us a DM about this specific thing. And he's got Copley later on in the week. You know, you kind of pick your poison. I think if, if you're scoring favors goalies that win and make saves or like, isn't if they lose and they can still get a positive points. Sure. But if you're in a categories league where, you know, your save percentage and your goals allowed average is kind of hanging on by a thread. That's not a game that I start Bob's not like the rest of the weekend has a bunch of, you know, solid options either. So that's something to take into account here. Like, yeah, you might only need one start, but like, if you don't start Bob's as a Bob's owner, what are you going to do? I mean, there's a couple back to backs. There's a few, but are you really getting a waiver wire goalie up against someone <laughs> that's going to give you better stats than Bob's. I don't know your own discretion. Uh, Yarn croak is back with Matthews and Marner on the top line on the other side of that game. And I wanted to comment on Dylan Ferguson. He made his first NHL start and he beat Pittsburgh with a 48 save performance, which was really, really impressive. So I just want to kind of give him a shout out. That's going to bring us into the injuries here. Troy Krug is out for the birth of a child. Troy Terry is day to day undisclosed. And like I said about Ilya Samsonov, he's going to be away from the team for the remainder of their road trip Wednesday the 29th is their next home game. So tough sledding if you're a Samsonov owner at this point. Brock Nelson got rocked by Noel Shari. He's day-to-day. Anthony Duclair sick. Sam Bennett, day-to-day undisclosed. Jordan Greenway, day-to-day upper body. Uh, Roman Yossi missed last night's game. You're kind of just monitoring to see how he's doing uh, on a game-by-game basis. Kale McCarr still day-to-day, but he's making progress. Darcy Kemper, day-to-day with an upper body entry. Now onto the returns. Philip Ronick should be available for tomorrow's game versus the San Jose Sharks. Kevin Viala skated today. We're hoping that he's even closer. Uh, Elvis Merzlikens is back in town. I noticed that they sent down Tarasov, so maybe that means something. Antti Ranta is back on the ice for practice. Kuznetsov's back. Kirby Dock is back. And a little bit of nostalgia, but Brendan Brendan Gallagher's back. I forgot about him. That's going to move us into the mailbag. Mailbag. I wish the guys were here because this is a good one. I'm going to bring this up on on the next episode too, when we all get together, because this is a, I want to get everybody's perspective on this one, but 86, the waffle question for the mailbag. How do you guys even know each other? I love your repartee. Your dynamic is great. Curious on the history. What were the results of your first league together? Do you meet up for the draft? Uh, Zach and I, um, we met at a restaurant. Um, He was the head chef and I was the sous chef. 
And we worked together for three years. Uh, turns out we're both hockey nuts. And that's kind of what got us so tight in the first place is we were talking hockey, yada, yada, yada. And I think he, he must have started in like the winter or something because we were talking about maybe doing a fantasy hockey league as uh, the whole kitchen and stuff. So then we wound up doing it the next year, but we were talking about it for a while. There's shift drinks at this restaurant too. So that was a big part of our bonding experiences. We would get off work at the same time and then go get hammered or, or have a drink or whatever and then go home. But uh, we started the podcast together. These early episodes, man, if you go back and listen to them, they're they're way different, especially the the mock draft episodes. Holy shit. They were bad. Uh, we jam packed like 12 people into a room and got like two thirty packs of beer and just like, this is a good idea. This is going to make for good radio, <laughs> but it didn't. We used to meet up for the draft a lot. There's a couple of pictures. I'd love to find it. But um, the same restaurant that we worked at, uh, we did our draft on a Monday because that's the day that the restaurants closed and the owner said, yeah, you guys can do the draft at the bar. And he let us have pretty much carte blanche on the taps and the liquor. Uh, 44 taps in there. There's pinball machines, 17 pinball machines. Uh, definitely the best draft I've ever been to. You know, we we had free reign of the uh, of the jukebox, free reign of the beer and the liquor. And then we're just playing pinball and, and you know, cussing each other out for sniping each other. And that was a really, really, really good time. Uh, Raj, we met Raj through the Fantasy Hockey Podcast Discord. Uh, I think we were in a league together and we started talking just in dm um raj was interested in making some like intro music for us and stuff and then he became our editor and we it came to a point where like we were talking to raj on zoom like after the episodes during the episodes before the episodes and stuff and we we're like why don't you just like hop on the show with us and um so he he became a good friend and uh just joined, joined the podcast through uh organic material and organic ways that was a that was a really fun meeting i definitely want to get the other guys their perspectives on that because that's how i see it you know me and zach we go way back uh after after shifts we would go like night fishing uh go cat fish for catfish and just get hammered and you know thick as thieves back in the day but he moved to north carolina so we don't really meet up for the draft anymore i'd love to now that uh you know i work in the aviation industry i could always get the guys some tickets somewhere and hopefully we can meet up. All right. Next question. I steal napkins. Uh, what are you guys thoughts on teams with buys basically getting six ads for the second round? I guess his league has three rounds or three pickups per round. Uh, my opponent just loaded up on off night players using his three ads on Sunday from round one. And then basically could just counter any moves I made with his three ads for the week. It seems cheap for a team that already had the advantage of a buy and our tiebreaker is high, higher seed wins. Basically makes it impossible to lose games played if you have six ads and seems like too much of an advantage. And we and with this actually spurred a conversation where uh, I agree with most of the dissent that came from this. There's a reason you want to win first place in the league is to get this buy, to get those three extra ads, to earn it, right? So I don't think it's cheap. I don't think it's cheating. I don't think it's uh, unfair or anything. Like there's a reason you want to be the best you don't just want to make the playoffs. You want to get the buy because number one, you don't have to fight during that first week. You're all that much closer to the championship and you get the buy with those three extra ads or four extra ads, wherever you are. And you can prep 
which is huge advantage. So, you know, pedal to the metal all season long and it pays off for all one week. You know, that's your payoff is the one week buy. Uh, that is 100%, like that's the president's trophy, right? And it, it happens on either side of the divisions or first and second place, however you guys split it up. But yeah, 100%, I am on board with teams being able to make ads during their bye week because I believe that they earned it and that is the incentive behind going for the buy. Danny99, Yahoo says that John Carlson should be back on Thursday. How effective is he going to be for the fantasy playoffs run? This one could go any which way. Uh, John Carlson is maybe the highest impact player that could be on your waiver wire. Um, we were talking to somebody on Twitter, you know, Nick Alberga and I, and um, I forget if Apples and Genos were all tagged in this one, but John Carlson's out there and he was like, should I drop whoever for, I think it was like Ryan Hartman or, you know, whoever for John Carlson. We're like, yes, you should. It's like, well, I don't know if I want to, um, you know, it's my one ad left for the season. And we were all pretty unanimous with yes. And don't quote me on whether or not uh, Apples and Genos said that because I forget if if they were in that conversation. Yeah, I just don't want to put words in his mouth. The only thing that I could see blowing this up is if Washington's in a place where they're just like, yeah, Sandine's doing pretty good. Let's just roll him on the top power play to close out the year and let John Carlson and his broken skull just kind of chill for the rest of the year. And then we'll reassess in the offseason. Uh, so I could see that being a problem, but I also could see John Carlson uh, and his even strength points being a huge impact for somebody's team. You know, you obviously you want those power play points, but there's an off chance that Sandine just runs away with it. So that's where I'm at. Um, I think John Carlson's going to be effective for you in the fantasy playoffs. I, I would rather have John Carlson than not in the fantasy playoffs here. Uh, so I think you either hang on or you pick them up, like whatever Danny 99, whatever your situation is, I would want John Carlson on my team. Son of San Ramon, I'm in an eight team league playoff started this week. I'm in first and have a buy till next week. I'm looking at using ads to maximize for next week. Current decor is McCarr, Hamilton, McAvoy, Bouchard, Seth Jones, and Chikrin. Drop Seth Jones for Eckholm. Yes, uh, this is an eight team league where you're rostering, what's that, six defensemen? I'm curious, like that's a lot of defensemen. I'm, you didn't tell me, but I, I think this might be an ESPN league because that would be way too much for like standard Yahoo. So I think your ESPN where I think the standard is like four or five defensemen. So it's good to have that one extra floater. And I think Seth Jones is a perfect drop candidate to stream. And Eckholm's a hot hand right now. So uh, making that drop, getting those extra you know, hot hand points and and potentially dropping Ekholm later on in the week to to continue maximizing, I think is the smart move. So I would I would definitely co-sign on Seth Jones getting dropped for Ekholm here. Hook and scramble. This one was also uh something we we kind of talked about in the Discord. Uh, I didn't chime in because I, I noticed Hook and Scramble wanted this on the the mailbag. And this is another one I'll try to remember to bring up uh, and get the other two guys' takes on this one. What are your thoughts on splitting the pot or changing payouts once in the finals? This would also include going winner take all. Talking mostly friends leagues where a commission set a random payout with no league vote. I never ask for one, but consider it if my opponent reaches out. Can't be a 50-50 split for me. Winner has to take home a bit more money, so it's on the line for the last match. I think that keeps it competitive and keeps you know, contempt from playing a role 
in it. But also if there's two consenting adults that are like before the match, if they're like, Hey, like, you know, we both made it this far. Our chances at this point are 50, 50 to win. Like, why don't we both agree that, uh, we'll just take 50% of the money. I could see where that, you know, that makes sense. But, it, you know, obviously there's uh, a point where you're like, okay, well, I'm guaranteed to take 50% of this pot. And like, what's my incentive to to try or to like compete, you know? And I think if that's the case, then I don't know, I guess I would be against it, but there's nothing that's going to stop these two guys. Like say, you know, $1,000 is the pot and 750 goes to first place, 250 goes to second place. And the guys are like, all right, well, what do you think? What do you say? We just split this 500, 500 both ways. Then the league is like, no, you guys can't do that. That's bullshit. Blah, 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 blah. But then those two guys are like, all right, well, you know, if I win, I'll just give you two fifty and like, you know, gentlemen's bet. So like those things can happen too, where, you know, you, you guys can vote against it or be against it, but water's just going to flow downstream. That's what's just it, like, whatever is going to happen is going to happen. So I like it, especially if, like I, I don't advocate for it. I always like to have a pot, but if there's two guys that are like, why don't we just agree to no matter what happens, we just take 50, 50, you know, I don't mind it. Uh, but also like, I'm not pushing for it or anything like, I, you know, if it was me in the, in the, in the finals, uh, I'd be like, no, we're going for number one. That's what we're doing. We're going for that seven fifty. Uh, so that's, that's my take on that one. Yep. Argars. G-A-R-C-O-2. Not to be dramatic, but five-hole listener leagues is pretty much my only hope to be in a fun league next season. I know you can probably only say so much, but you guys, can you guys give a brief rundown of the league format? Number of teams, points or cats, rules, platforms, etc. Uh, all I've known is Yahoo Categories League, so I want to be prepared for next season. Thanks, guys. Uh, our league is different from most podcasts, listener leagues, where we switch points and cats every single year so this this year we did points next year we're going to do cats and it is a tiered system the same way old time hockey and uh the cupful those both run is it's a tiered system so i i did terribly this year um so i'll be dropping down to tier two but going into next year it's 12 team leagues we don't know like we're on the fence about yahoo or fan tracks at this point I'm personally leaning Yahoo just because Fantrax, yes, it's customizable. Yes, it's like, you know, a fantasy hockey guy's wet dream and all that. But it's like, it's almost too complicated for redraft. It's it's perfect for dynasty, for keepers, that kind of thing. But like for a simple redraft, having to jump through hoops about, you know, I can only add to bench and, you know, sorting the the waiver wire. And there's guys that are 16 years old that are on the waiver wire I don't know if it's streamlined for redraft and I'm sure there's like settings that I can switch and, and this, that, and the other thing, but I don't feel like getting a doctorate just so I know how to work fan tracks for a redraft league. Sure. Like, you know, long-term I'll go for dynasty and whatever. I'll learn it, but not for redraft. But what we like to do is um, I just, just went on a tangent. Okay. So if we do Yahoo, we're going to do fan tracks as our draft platform. Uh, and I say that because Fantrax will let us do slow drafts, which are like eight hour windows because people live all across the world. People live all across the uh, United States, North America, um, and people have different schedules. So we, we like to do eight hour, I think it was eight hour, um, eight hour runs where you can make your pick. 
in any of those eight hours. And there's a sleep, I think, between uh, North America's like uh, Eastern time zone. I think it was like midnight and 6 a.m. or something. Um, yeah, we're going to do cats next sleep next year because we want to find out who the actual best fantasy player is. Like, yeah, you can be you can be the best points player. But uh, how do you do in cats? So we want to find out like, you know, who the actual best fantasy hockey manager is. We, like somebody might be really good at cats, but is ass at points. So we want to find out who's good at both. So that's why we flip back and forth uh, every year. So next year is going to be cats leagues. Um, it's going to be pretty standard. We don't do plus minus, but we do do goals, assists, power play points, shots, hits, blocks. I'm on the fence about pims. Uh, but then our goalies are win, save, save percentage. So it's pretty quality and quantity for, for goalies. But it, there's plenty of time for us to like hash it out and fine tune it. Uh, but Argars, you are more than welcome to join. What's nice about ours is you, you join the, the Patreon and you get into the uh, listener leagues and all of the money that uh, is considered profit goes straight to Mental Health America. Uh, we donate every cent that we could... Uh, that we could take home. So we're just doing it for fun. Uh, and at the end of the end of the year, we just take all the profit and donate it. So it's going to a good cause. It's good fun. They're good people. Absolutely good people. Hit us up over the summer. All right. Weekend preview. That's it for the mailbag. So we're going to move into the preview segment of the show. The best schedules. Um, we're just going to go right back to Colorado and Arizona. And I talked about Dennis Malgan center, right wing 17% on the 22nd. So on Wednesday, <laughs> Uh, Dennis Malgan is 17% rostered. It's probably going to be different in the morning. It'll probably go up because people are starting to catch on. I would definitely be looking at him. He's he's top line in Colorado. I mean, like what other, you know, what other reason do you need? Um, McKinnon and Randon, he's not necessarily on the top power play, but he's getting second power play time. So it's not, you know, it's not nothing, but uh, it's not the best. Uh, if you're looking for top power play exposure, that's your JT Comfer, your Bowen Byram. And Byram is just kind of, you know, I'm pretty sure he's like 60% rostered, but also uh, he's only a placeholder until if and when Kale McCarr comes back this week. I also kind of like Samuel Gerard is just kind of like a Hail Mary defensive pickup. Uh, but I'd be looking at Arizona. I'd be looking at Yusuf Alamaki for a defensive pickup. I would much prefer him over Sam Gerard. I almost kind of lean Valimaki over Byram too. And that's only if I'm in a points league and that's only because Bowen Byram could lose this power play deployment uh, as soon as their next game. We never know. Uh, in Arizona, I'm looking at Barrett Hayton. I'm looking at Jack McBain, Nick Schmaltz, as always, and Lawson Kraus. What's really interesting here is Barrett Hayton. I have this dummy league set up just so I can talk about like percentages and stuff. I'm not actually on Yahoo this year. Barrett Hayton in this like dummy league, he's the fourth ranked player over the last 14 days. He's got five goals, six assists in his last seven games. So 11 points in his last seven games coming out of Arizona. Who'd have thunk it? Uh, Clayton Keller is up to friggin' 13 points in his last seven games. So that's wild. But let's go back to Barrett Hayton, who's 44% rostered. And you might actually be able to pick him up. He's plus 10. If you're in that kind of league, he's got two penalty minutes. He's got three power play points. So if you're in a cat's league, he's doing that too. Uh, the hits and blocks aren't nothing, but they're not great. Uh, if you're looking for hits and blocks, Jack McBain's your guy, who's got five points in his last seven, 29 hits in that same span. He's taken a bunch of face-offs, as is Barrett Hayton. But Jack McBain doesn't shoot quite as much. Hayton's got 25 shots to Jack McBain's 10 in the same seven games. So 
you know, pick your poison. If you want hits, Jack McBain's definitely your guy. If you want like face-offs and shots and and power play points, then I would probably lean Barrett Hayton. Both of these guys are strict centers, but because Friday and Sunday are so light, I don't think I'm too worried about uh, bench issues when it comes to a center. Uh, those would be guys that I'd be looking at. There's also Yusuf Alamaki, who's got seven points in his last seven, eight penalty minutes. Strangely enough, he's got no power play points, which is really weird because I'm, I'm fairly certain he's still the guy on the top power play unit there. Looking at him, not so much for periphery, like his blocks are okay. Right around two a game, nothing too crazy. He is on the top power play. I just looked that up. Uh, Jack McBain you'll find on the second power play. Barrett Hayden will be on the first Keeping in mind, it is Arizona's power play, but they're playing out of their mind right now. Like Clayton Keller, almost two points per game coming out of uh, Arizona, and Barrett Hayden's at like a point and a half per game. There's something going on over there. Uh, Nick Schmaltz kind of dropped off a little bit. He's got three points in his last four, so he's not like, he's no Barrett Hayden at this point, but uh, you know, I still like Nick Schmaltz. He's got center right wing eligibility. He's 41% rostered. Uh, he's got a little bit of PIMS, a couple shots. His deployment's just as good. Top line, top power play. Uh, where Baird Hayden can be found as well. Lawson Krause is somebody I'm looking at for bangs too, but again, Jack McBain is just banging harder. Uh, 29 hits for McBain, 17 hits for Lawson Krause. Krause has got this left wing, right wing eligibility, so again, pick your poison. Uh, Krause has got four points in his last seven, 16 shots as well, and uh, plus seven. Plus four, four? No, that's Pims. Jesus Christ. I was going to like, Connor Mackey, what are you doing? But yeah, I, I think there's a lot more options in Arizona and this is going to lead me to my point like what who would I rather have Dennis Malgan Barrett Hayden I think I kind of want Barrett Hayden more than I want Dennis Malgan like Malgan could succeed in a new position or Barrett Hayden who is succeeding in a comfortable position uh, with the equally hot Clayton Keller and Nick Schmaltz who can go off at any point so I think for me Barrett Hayden would be the guy that I'd go to this weekend and then actually I'd I'd probably go Jack McBain next and then Dennis Malgan. That would be how I'd do it. Uh, and if I need D, it'd be Valimaki, then Byram if he's available, then Gerard. And even J.J. Moser is starting to poke his head back out, but uh, not too far. He only got two points in his last seven, but he is blocking. He's hidden. Uh, so those are the best schedules and, for me, the best streamer suggestions of the weekend. Uh, I'm looking at the other teams now who have three games left, but the problem is that they fall on two heavy nights, Thursday and Saturday. Uh, and that's Boston, Toronto, St. Louis, Carolina, Vancouver, Nashville, Chicago. Boston, the only one I had from here is a just go check on Jake DeBrusque, who's 70% rostered. So like one out of every three leagues, he's out there, which is wild. He's top line, top power play in Boston. Just go check. Uh, Toronto, Kelly Arncroke, try eligible, 11%. He's playing on the top line in in Toronto there with Matthews Marner. So try eligibility opens you up to maybe get him in those Thursdays and Saturdays. You have a little more flexibility to stick him wherever. Uh, so if he works, he works. St. Louis, uh, they got Jake Verana and Sammy Blay. I suppose I should tell you who these guys are playing. All right, the Bruins, they have the Montreal Canadiens, Tampa Bay, and Carolina. So it's a tough weekend, but I do like this Thursday for a spot start if Hell, if Jake DeBrusque is out there, I'm probably keeping him. He, he's somebody I would hold if he's out there. But Charlie Coyle is actually kind of hot right now, so there's a couple guys to look at. But again, two out of their three games are on heavy nights. Maple Leafs got Florida, Carolina, and Nashville. 
not super awesome, but these are, you know, the Nashville game, the Florida game, especially, I think could be pretty high scoring uh, Carolina, you know, maybe the other way St. Louis. I like, especially where is where I have Jake Verona left wing at 30% and Sammy Blay left wing, right wing at 11%. St. Louis has Detroit, Anaheim and LA. At least they're in the same weight class as the St. Louis blues this year, Detroit and Anaheim. LA Kings are on a different, different plane at this point, but for, for Jake Verona, for Sammy Blay, like verona has got five goals and one assist in his last seven games. And Sammy Blay has four goals, three assists in his last seven games. The difference being Sammy Blay has 33 hits, only nine shots, which is concerning because of those nine shots, four of them turned into goals. So sustainability is really not on Sammy Blay's side where I would rather go to Jake Verona, who uh, has three power play goals five goals all day on 22 shots. So there's a little more stability with somebody with high shot volume when, when they're relying on goals like that. Uh, Sammy Blay is going to be a good hits plug uh, with a little bit of offense mixed in there. Carolina, they have the Rangers, Toronto, and Boston. That's a tough weekend for them. But I like Brady Shea. He's 37% rostered. He's starting to poke his head back out. What has he got? Three goals, two assists in his last seven, 17 shots, six hits, seven blocks. He's really just covering all categories. Uh, and with the offense right now, he's kind of you know well-rounded fantasy player. Um, I'm not super like comfortable with, with the offense that he's putting up right now, but it's happening. So you got to look at it. Uh, Vancouver is the next team. They see San Jose, Dallas, and Chicago. This is actually a pretty soft schedule. You know, the Dallas game is going to be tough, but you got Chicago and you got San Jose. So the two guys I'm looking at here, I got Anthony Beauvillier above Brock Besser, but those are the two names that I'd be looking at. Uh, Beauvillier is actually out shooting Brock Besser at this point, 19 shots to 14 in their last seven. But uh, Besser's got the points advantage with five points, whereas Beauvillier has four. Uh, A couple of power play points for Brock Besser. Both these fellas are on the top unit. Uh, Beauvillier hits a little bit better, but it's like once a game. So I don't know. If, If you're really desperate for somebody like... Thursday, Sunday spot starts. I like Beauvillier and Besser, especially Sunday, because they're going to be playing Chicago, and that game could, honestly, it could just be a blowout. All right, in Nashville, it is surprising to me to see Tommy Novak is only 10% owned. He's got nine points in his last eight, uh, 20 shots. He's taken a bunch of face-offs. His time on ice is really good. I love seeing Philip Tomasino at the top of this list in the last 14 days as well. He's got seven points in his last eight, 16 shots, six hits, six blocks. Sign me up. Uh, but the problem is no matter how much I like this guy, I'm not going to be able to fit him in Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and the Sunday game is against Toronto. So I don't really know what to make of this. They're just their options. And then Chicago, I got Taylor Radish who's still scoring way too many goals, but he is still scoring goals. So if you want to go for him, he's got two power play points, uh, six goals, one assist in his last seven, almost a goal per game. Uh, those six goals come on 17 shots. So let's talk about goalie stream options. Uh, Thursday, Friday, there are no back-to-backs in the NHL. Friday, Saturday, you got New York Islanders, Buffalo, Columbus, and New Jersey. Uh, so you're looking at Varlamov, who's going to play either Columbus or Buffalo. If he plays Columbus, I like strength of that start for him. UPL or Anderson versus the Devils and the Islanders. I'd be a little shaky, but uh, Buffalo is a better team than we are used to. So you know, I'd, I'd be comfortable with UPL if he's out there against the Islanders. I think I would feel a little bit better than about the Islanders over the Devils. Uh, for Columbus, Hutchinson, 
no thanks. I, I imagine even Merzlikens is probably available. Uh, the only thing that's kind of given me pause here is that they are playing Montreal, which could could be great. Uh, yeah, Merzlikens is 12% rostered in Yahoo. So I don't know. If you're feeling real froggy, uh, go for Merzlikens versus Montreal if that's the way the stars align. But uh, I'm not putting my hopes, especially if like this is something that you need or if like, you know, it's a goalie friendly game or goalie friendly league where you're just trying to stack up points, even if it's like two, then yeah, go for Merzlikens against Montreal. Uh, if it's Hutchinson, no, thanks. No, thank you. New Jersey Devils. You got a Kira Schmid, Buffalo and Ottawa are the two games that they have back to back this week. And I mean, even Vanacek, he's available in 16% of leagues, but he is pretty widely owned. Uh, Kira Schmidt's not doing too bad. He's um, He's got the same record as Vanacek over the last two weeks, uh, but it's 2-1. I don't know. Maybe versus Ottawa, but also Ottawa is just one of those teams that could like drop seven on you. Uh, Saturday, Sunday, there are a ton of goalie streams that you can go for, but none I feel particularly confident in. Boston, they're going to see Tampa and Carolina. I'm good. And Swayman and Ulmark are probably the highest-owned tandem out there swayman's 81 percent olmark's 95 so you're not getting it and um those are tough games anyway toronto has carolina and nashville and i'm not even sure what's going on in the toronto net at this point you got matt murray who's 52 percent rostered and then there what do you got joseph wall maybe he's the guy that they call up i don't know what's happening there Uh, but matt murray i am never comfortable with matt murray and they're going to see carolina and nashville I imagine they're going to trot Murray out against Carolina, which I would be terrified of. And then that leaves Joseph Wall or Eric Shalgren for uh, Nashville. And somebody's going to have to let me know if somebody already got called up or what it is. I think it was Wall. St. Louis, this is one I actually like. Joel Hofer versus Anaheim. If that's the way things play out, I am into it. Even Bennington, he's 62% rostered. It's like whoever plays Anaheim, I'm going for it. That's what I would do. Uh, Hofer has actually been the better goalie as of late. So if he's out there, definitely go on Hofer versus Anaheim. And then, you know, maybe leave the LA game for the wayside. Uh, Vancouver's got Dallas and Chicago. I'd be interested in whatever goalie gets the Chicago start. Carolina's got Toronto, Boston. No, thank you. Nashville's got Seattle, Seattle and Toronto. No, thank you. And the LA Kings have Winnipeg and St. Louis. I mean, you should be able to get any of the LA goalies versus St. Louis. Copley is 54%. Maybe it's Copley and somebody's just out there is just getting the vein in their forehead is getting huge. So Phoenix Copley, Copley, whichever it is, um, is 54% rostered. He's doing pretty well. Corpus is actually not doing too bad himself. Copley's 54% rostered. Corpus is 41. So maybe they're out there in your leagues. Uh, but the St. Louis game, that could be beneficial. I'd be interested in that one uh, as far as like trying to stream it. And that is the episode. I, I suppose we could talk about next week's best schedules. If you guys want to get a jump on it, say you do have a bye week, uh, the Florida Panthers, the New York Islanders are the two teams to look at. They both have four games and two off nights. So those are the teams worth checking out. Uh, the Florida Panthers had a really bad schedule this past week. If I remember correctly, No, over the last two weeks, I guess they had pretty bad schedules. Uh, No, they had four games this week, but I know the week prior they had two games. So maybe somebody, you know, dropped them and just nobody picked them up. Go out and get Sam Reinhardt. Go out and get maybe Sam Bennett uh, is back for that one. 
Utu, Itu Lewis and maybe like there's there might be somebody out there. And what's nice is both of these teams are that's the Panthers and the Islanders. They're both Monday, Wednesday off nights, and then the rest of their schedule is heavy nights. Like the Islanders would have three off nights, but Sunday has nine games, so it's technically not an off night. Like with that Florida and the Islanders, then you could look at uh, the New York Rangers or Detroit because they have Friday games. And then the Dallas Stars, Calgary Flames, Winnipeg Jets, Buffalo Sabres, and Vancouver Canucks also have uh, that Thursday game, as well as the Arizona Coyotes. So, you know, there's a little bit of Friday streaming that you did I say Thursday? I meant Friday. But uh, those are the teams that are playing on Friday. And then there's just a bunch going on on Sunday, but it's nine games. So there's a little bit of flexibility. Like there's, you're right on that cusp. Like eight is where I like less than or equal to eight is what I consider an off night, but nine. Well, there's a good chance you got an open spot on your bench. So we're going to be talking about that in the week preview. But uh, that's all I got for you tonight. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you guys are digging it, you can hop in the Discord, let us know, or you can leave a five-star review on iTunes. That would be freaking rad. We like reading stuff. Uh, the Hockey Gods, you left a review for us. Uh, that was our most recent review. So thank you, bud. Wanted to give you a shout-out for that one. And that's all I got. So we'll we'll catch you for the week preview. And don't forget, we got those playoff pools coming up. If you guys want in, join the Discord. There's a channel for the playoff pools where you can just say, hey, sign me up for this one. Sign me up for that one. Sign me up for both. Uh, there is no restriction on how many people we can have. So we're just going to keep making leagues and stuff. So feel free to join. It'd be cool. And I think you're going to like the Discord. So love you guys. Bye.